Hi, this is Carly, Recovered Alcoholic. Welcome back to the North Star Big Book. This is episode 11. We're finishing Bill's story. We're getting to some really good stuff here, and I'm excited. So let's get to page 12. Open up your books. Let's get your pens out, and let's start getting into action. Bottom of 12, um, just to backtrack a little bit, Ebby has been visiting Bill, his drinking buddy. Ebby is, is now sober two months from the Axra group. He's visiting Bill. Him and Bill are basically arguing about uh, God and Bill's arguing about what, how can I have a God and all this stuff. And Ebby gets frustrated and says, why don't you choose your own conception of God? Which basically is one of the most beautiful parts about our program. Um, on the bottom of 12, it says, the real significance of my experience in the cathedral bursts upon me. For a brief moment, I had needed and wanted God. There had been a humble willingness to have him with me, and he came. So a couple of things here. These things that we call spiritual experiences are brief moments. They're not, we don't walk around in a constant state of bliss and awe. It's a little moment in time. I remember one time walking down my long driveway at the time, and I looked up in the sky, and I saw this just beautiful mix of cloud and color, and I just thought to myself, wow, God, that is so beautiful. And it was just a moment in time. And then my kids came home and they were arguing and whining and it passed. But for that little moment, I was just super grateful in that moment to be alive. And in this moment, because he's desperate, he needed and wanted God. This is the other reason why we want to get people when they're brand new immediately into the work. Because we want to get them while they're desperate because desperate equals willing and willing equals work. There had been a humble willingness to have him with me, and he came. But soon the sense of his presence had been blotted out by, I underline the word on the top of 12, worldly clamors. I wrote on the top of 13, where it says worldly clamors, these things can block me off from God. These things can block me off from God. So he says he felt God, he needed God, it was awesome. And then it was blotted out by worldly clamors. Worldly clamors for me are my ego, being right, being taking something personally, financial fear, not having emotional security, um, worrying about relationship stuff, worrying about what someone thinks about me, worrying about approval, worrying about the anxiety and busyness of how am I going to do all this stuff. And I miss the moments and I don't remember that God has me. Just for a frame of reference, on the top of 13, I wrote December 1934, Bill gets sober. December 1934, Bill gets sober. Just to re remember, our fellowship, Alcoholics Anonymous, does not date itself until June 10th, 1935. So Bill is sober for almost six months before Alcoholics Anonymous becomes an institution. And the reason why is because it is only when Dr. Bob is sober, and that's two members together that makes Alcoholics Anonymous. It's one alcoholic working with another alcoholic. It says on the top of 13, and so it had been ever since, how blind I had been. And I love that memory because I just, I couldn't see anything because it was right in front of me. I bracketed the next little teeny paragraph, and I wrote on the side, solution to physical allergy. So whenever we talk about the solution of physical allergy, it's always going to be about abstinence, stopping drinking, separating myself from it, detox. At the hospital, I was separated from alcohol for the last time. Treatment seemed wise, for I showed signs of delirium tremens. 
They're not talking about 28-day treatment. Let's talk about our feelings. and There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not judging it. Um, but that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about detox because he physically was had the DTs. Okay, the rest of this page is all the 12 steps. My, one of my sponsors gets very excited about this page, so I'm going to go through it. I bracketed the entire page, and I wrote uh, in that space after Tremens, worked all 12 steps. So Bill works all 12 steps basically within a couple of days. And I'm going to go through them all and break them down. The first paragraph, it says, There I humbly offer myself to God, which is step three. As I then understood him. It says, as I then understood him, which means I don't understand him the same way anymore. To do with me as he would. So he says, I'm do whatever you want. We only get to a place of that kind of willingness when everything we've tried doesn't work. I only go to the place where help me do, I'll do anything you want when everything I've tried doesn't work. Otherwise, I'm like, leave me alone, I've got this. I place myself unreservedly, I underline the words, under his care and direction. That's step three. That means I give you all of me. Take it all. Take my thinking, take my actions. I admitted for the first time that I underline of myself, I was nothing, that without him, I was lost. That's one and two. I underlined, I ruthlessly faced my sins, and I wrote above that four through nine. We face our sins in that hallway with our sponsor and our higher power in four through nine. And became willing to have, I underlined that, and that's six and seven. After I face my sins, I look at them, I go home with my higher power, in five, my hour, hour after that, and then in six and seven, I ask for help, and I am willing to let it go. Take this stuff. Help me get it clear. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I cannot live like this anymore. It says, my newfound friend, and next to friend, I, I wrote six and seven. That's where we start that relationship. The principles we find in six and seven where I show my newfound friend how I want to be different, I live in 10, 11, and 12. And you see that friend is, un, is capitalized. So that's one of the ways that Bill is looking at his higher power. Take them away, root and branch. I have not had a drink since. So I bracketed that first paragraph, or that one that starts with there I humbly offer, and I wrote on the side, solution to mental obsession. Solution to mental obsession. So the 12 steps is how we get rid of the mental obsession. Four through nine keeps it away, gets rid of it. 10, 11, and 12 keep it away. If we don't do 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis, our hallway will get blocked. We will forget everything we remembered and everything we learned. We will not be able to hear God. We will not be able to hear our sponsor. We will not be able to hear anything in meetings. We will only hear the mental obsession. We will go back in that room and we will die an alcoholic death. The next paragraph I bracketed and I wrote above it four through nine. So this paragraph is really going to be highlighting four through nine. It says, my schoolmate, that's Abby, visited me and I fully acquainted him with my underlined problems and deficiencies. Above problems and deficiencies, I wrote four and five. It says, we made a list of people. I underlined list of people, and I wrote eight. Please don't burn your fourth step. You need that fourth step information to make the list in the eighth step. Of whom I had hurt or to whom I felt resentment. 
I expressed my entire willingness, above entire willingness, I wrote eight and nine. To approach these individuals admitting my wrong. That's clearing out the hallway. I don't want anything blocking me off from God or anyone. Ooh, I'm going to use that. When I get resentful at somebody, I'm going to think about, do I want so-and-so blocking me off from God? No, absolutely not. No one's coming near my God. I don't know in the next two sentences. Never was I to be critical of them. I was to write all such matters to the utmost of my ability. And I wrote nine next to that. If I just focus on never was I to be critical of them as a principle and as a tool, like if I start my day tomorrow morning and I say to myself, do not be critical of anyone today. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your judgments to yourself. Focus on your business. No criticism. I would have a peaceful day. It would be hard internally because I'm judgmental, but it's, it's what I'm supposed to be doing. The next paragraph I bracketed, and this is 10, 11, and 12, which is my life. I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. And above that, I wrote 10 and 11. We're going to read about it way later on. 10 and 11 promise me I'm going to be guided, directed, and inspired through these steps, through my higher power, by keeping my hallway clean. I underlined common sense would thus become uncommon sense. And above that, I wrote 10. That's also promised to me in step 10. That what I used to think was right will become wrong. What I used to think was wrong will become right. I underlined the next sentence and I put a star next to it. And I wrote on the side what to pray for. And this is step 11. So step 10 is going to help me figure out what to do. And step 11 is going to help me of how to live and how to pray. I was to sit quietly. So that is the meditation. When in doubt, asking only for, and I circled, direction and strength. It doesn't ask, God, do it for me. God, make it go away. God, take my pain. God, make her better. God, make him like me. It says direction and strength. To meet my problems as he would have me. So it doesn't say take away my problems. Because here's the thing. I don't know what's right and wrong. I don't know what's best for me. One of the women I love more than anything, Ro Eugene, who died sober, said, there's no such thing as right and wrong. It is either this is something I like or this is something I don't like. So my problems are usually things I don't like. But I don't know what God's using the things that are happening in my life to help me be more effective to help other people. So I'm not going to judge it. So one of the spiritual principles I try to practice as a tool is when something is going on that I am not having a good time with or I'm uncomfortable, I say, maybe this will prove a blessing. It's not easy to say especially when the stakes are high. When I'm in the ER with my son with a 107 degree temperature and nobody knows what to do, and I have to say to myself, maybe this will prove a blessing. What I'm saying is I don't know what's ahead. I don't know. I can't see everything. I can't see what God can see. One of the things one of my sponsors always tells me is this idea that like, I'm in a car driving down a main road and I'm of course running late because I gave myself no time to get somewhere and I'm stressed out. 
I got to get to a meeting, right? And I'm stressed out to get to the meeting because I'm supposed to meet a new girl there. And it's taking forever and we're in traffic and people are beeping and I don't understand what's going on. And there's a huge semi, like three cars in front of me. I can't see a thing. It's one lane on each side. Nobody's moving. You can't go anywhere. And I'm pissed. And I, I'm supposed to be spiritual going to this meeting and I'm resentful and I'm checking my phone when I'm not supposed to be and I'm freaking out and we finally get past the semi finally moves and when I pass what was blocking me, I see five body bags covering up five bodies, a horrible car accident. The car is almost not even recognizable as a car and I can't even breathe and my hand goes over my mouth and I go, oh my God. I can't even believe I was freaking out because I couldn't get to a meeting and that, that happened and that those five people's lives and everyone around them has completely changed forever. And I can't see what God can. And sometimes God's a semi and sometimes I'm stuck behind God going, why aren't we moving faster? Why are we not doing this? I wanted to go here. I thought we're doing this. And God's like, just chill. I, I've got you. Just It's not always about you. So that is what I'm asking God for is direction and strength to meet my problems. Don't take them away because I don't know what they are and what's good and what's not. Give me the direction and strength to meet them. And I love that. Never was I to pray for myself except as my request bore, I underlined, on my usefulness to others. Here we start really introducing, basically when we start doing step five and on, the book talks only about how I can be most useful to others, how I cannot prejudice myself so other people are not going to like me, how I can be most effective, and how I cannot ruin a future opportunity because the book wants me to always be attractive and effective so I can be useful. If I had to do two words to describe what I was like before the 12 steps and what I'm like with the 12 steps, it's super simple. I went from useless to useful. It says, then only might I, I underlined, expect to receive, and above that I wrote 12. It says, but that would be, I underlined, in great measure, which is what's promised to me. I bracketed the next little paragraph. I wrote on the side 12, and I wrote, as the result of these steps, which is from our book, as the result of these steps. And this little paragraph is about as the result of these steps. So 1 through 11 get me to 12. 1 through 11, get me out of that hallway, clean up the hallway, free-flowing hallway. I can twist and turn. I've got incense and pictures, and I've got rugs, and it's beautiful. I've got a little rocking chair in there. I can sit with my higher power. I can go there for guidance. I can go there when I can't figure anything out, and I get direction. And 12 is what God brings me to with that cleaning and that work. My friend, that's Ebby, promise, and I circled and underlined the word promise, which is what I'm able to do to anyone who's an alcoholic who wants to get better and is willing to do the work. I can promise them that when these things were done, above these things I wrote 1 through 11, I would, I underlined, enter upon a new relationship with my creator. That's the promise. Do 1 through 11, get a relationship, a new one with my creator. I've never seen it not happen. That I underlined, I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. And I put a star next to there. I circle the word all. Let's just pause for a moment here. I wrote 10, 11, and 12 on the side. I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. 
So 10, 11, and 12 is now going to become my way of living that's going to answer all of my problems. That includes relationships lost, jobs lost, humans in our life lost, sickness, poor health, financial insecurity, whatever you can imagine that's going to come at us because it will, the book promises us. I'm going to be able to answer all of my problems with 10, 11, and 12. And here's the thing. In almost 19 years of sobriety, I've been humbled and privileged enough to watch amazing women and men in sobriety live this truth and myself. Belief in the power of God plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility. We're on the top of 14 to establish and maintain the new order of things. Above new order of things, I wrote 10, 11, and 12. That's my new order. That's the new way I'm going to live. Before, I did not know how to live. The way I lived was don't trust anyone, take what you need, be a con, lie to everyone, and don't admit anything. My new order of things is 10, 11, and 12 were the essential requirements. So they are requiring me to do 1 through 9 and then do 10, 11, and 12 if I want this stuff. Simple but not easy. That's our program. It's simple. That's what We say the same thing at every single meeting. We don't change the information. I studied the same book. I've been studying the same book since I got sober. And it's not changing, but they put stuff in there every time I read it, and it's amazing. I underlined and highlighted and starred a price had to be paid. This concept is repeated a number of times in the book. I love it. It just, I love the promises. They're all beautiful. There, there's tons of them throughout the book, but I like the nitty-gritty fine print, tell me what's going to happen. I want to know what's going to happen if I don't do something. And they're telling me right here, listen, little girl, a price has to be paid. I wrote on the side something long, and I'll explain it. A price always has to be paid. A price always has to be paid if you're a real alcoholic. If you're a real alcoholic. And then I wrote, one way or the other. One way or the other. So I'll read that again. A price always has to be paid if you're a real alcoholic, one way or the other. So let me just give you this example. <coughs> I have three children, thank God. Um, as a result of doing this work, I was able to be a sober mother and am a sober mother. But they have a recovered alcoholic as a mother. Although they never had to live with me as, a, as an active alcoholic, they have a recovered alcoholic as a mother. I am never, ever going to be able to be the mother that can stay home with them every single day, every single night, never miss a thing, never have to go away from them, and never have to not be there for important things when I need to be elsewhere. As a real alcoholic, I have two options. I can go to meetings when I need to be at the meetings to be accountable, to show up, to carry the message on a consistent, regular basis, not every single night because I have responsibilities. I can carry the message when I need to. When I'm asked to lead and I'm able to do it, I show up and I do that. And when I need to work with a girl or I need to message somebody back or they're sending me an inventory and they're freaking out about something or someone's afraid and they need guidance through it with the steps and pointing them back to God um, or someone needs help, my job and my responsibility as their sober, recovered mother is to leave them and go help somebody else. That's the price my children pay and I pay as an alcoholic who's recovered to go to keep that status. <clears throat> if I don't want to do that, the other price 
my children and I will pay is I will leave my children forever and I will leave the house, leave the job, leave my children, leave my relationship, abandon AA. And if I don't die or kill myself, I'll just exist and sell myself and sell my soul and my children will be without a mother and they will be broken and damaged beyond recall. There's always a price that needs to be paid. This is my truth. I'm a real alcoholic. What am I going to do about it? Just like if, God forbid, I got cancer, the cancer's not going to go away just because I don't want to do the treatment. I've got cancer. I've got options. I can do nothing and pretend I don't have cancer, but it will still kill me. I can acknowledge I have cancer and decide I don't want to do anything about it and be afraid about it and still get killed by it. Or I can take the medication, the chemo, the radiation, and the vitamins and the supplements and get sick and have to go through that. A price has to be paid no matter what. But we have choices. And I love this reminder right here that a price needs to be paid. It meant, I underlined, destruction of self-centeredness. Every single one of the 12 steps is about getting rid of self, getting rid of Carly. Too much Carly, too much self. I must turn in all things to the Father of Light who presides over us all. These were, I underlined, revolutionary and drastic proposals. And I wrote about that, what it takes. One of my sponsors, when, she, when we lead, we take the group through the mental obsession, the physical allergy, and the 12 steps from the beginning to end so that they know what the solution is and they see our experience, strength, and hope with it. When she was leading a meeting, somebody stood up and commented to her and said, your program, which is not her program, it's the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, is exhausting and drastic. And the book tells me right here, it is drastic because the way I was living out there needs a drastic change. It says, but the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. There was a sense of victory followed by such an underlined peace and serenity. I wrote on the side, Bill had a spiritual experience. Bill had a spiritual experience. As I had never known. There was, I underlined, utter confidence. I felt lifted up as though the great clean wind of a mountaintop blew through and through. I underlined, God comes to most men gradually. And that's called a spiritual awakening. Spiritual awakening. So there's two options. After 1 through 11, you get door number 1 or door number 2. You either have a spiritual experience, boom, holy crap, I can't believe my life is totally different. I can see now and I'm changed which didn't happen to me. I've had many ones of those along the way, little ones. Or a spiritual awakening where you're doing the work, you're doing the work, you don't believe in it, you hate it, you're complaining, and all of a sudden you start making different decisions that are not like the normal decisions you used to make, and somebody points out to you, usually your sponsor, hey, you didn't just do this, or you didn't just do that when I said this, or when someone said that, and they point out to me that I'm changing. And that's like, what? And I can't see it until it's already happening. But his impact on me was sudden and profound. For a moment, I was alarmed and called my friend the doctor, that's Dr. Silkworth, to ask if I were still sane because he was like, what happened? He listened in wonder as I talked. <coughs> Finally, he shook his head saying, I underlined, something has happened to you. I don't understand. I underlined, but you had better hang on to it. And I underlined, anything is better than the way you were. And I put a star next to that. Dr. Silkworth is saying, you better hang on to this because anything is better than the way you were because he was hopeless. And that's my truth. The good doctor now sees many men who have had such experiences. He knows that they are real. 
While I lay in the hospital, I underlined the words, the thought came that there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have what had been so freely given me. I don't know why Bill W. had that thought. Bill W., we just read about him for the last 14 pages, was selfish and self-centered and only thought about himself and making money. And now he's in the hospital and he has a thought after detox, after doing these steps. There's people out there just like me and I need to help them. Came through that there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have what had been so freely given me. I underlined, perhaps I could help some of them. They, in turn, might work with others. We're about to approach my favorite, all-time, 100% favorite promise in the entire big book, and pay attention. It says, my friend had emphasized, I underlined, the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all my affairs. And above that, I wrote step 12. The absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all my affairs. Particularly was it imperative to work with others. And I underlined it imperative to work with others. As he had worked with me. I underlined faith without works was dead. So believing in God but not doing the work is going to kill me. And it says, and how appallingly true for the alcoholic. And here's my favorite promise. I underlined and I highlighted and I starred. Four, if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. I kept underlining, if he did not work, he would surely drink again, and if he drank, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed. And I underlined, with us, it is just like that. I'm going to go through this again because it's so important to me. <coughs> They're telling me, if I don't perfect and enlarge my spiritual life, I cannot have a spiritual life, which is 10, 11, and 12, until I've done 1 through 9. So they're assuming I've done 1 through 9. They're saying, I cannot perfect and enlarge my spiritual life through work, which is 10 and 11. Above work, I wrote 10 and 11. And self-sacrifice. Above self-sacrifice, I wrote 12. Right? 10, 11 is my inventory work, my daily inventory work, my 11th step, my meditation, making sure I don't miss anything, connecting with my higher power, self-sacrifice for others is 12. It says he could not, I double underline could not, survive the certain, I underlined and circled certain trials and low spots ahead. Couple of things here. I wrote promise on the side of page 15. I wrote promise on the top and I wrote in big letters, there will be trials and low spots ahead. There will be trials and low spots ahead. One more time, there will be trials and low spots ahead. I wrote also, how strong is my spiritual life? Question mark. How strong is my spiritual life? This I paid attention to. All the nice stuff, yeah, 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 whatever. That's never going to happen to me. Peace, serenity, no way. You're telling me that if I don't do this and I don't continue to do this, when life hits me in the face and it's going to, they're promising me it's going to, I knew it was going to, that if I don't have a good connection with my higher power and good tools that I'm constantly using, that I'm never going to make it. It says, if he did not work, he would surely drink again. And if he drank, I underlined in red, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed. With us, it is just like that. 
The trials and low spots are certain. The trials and low spots are certain. This has happened to me in my own life. I will share that many times throughout these podcasts. It has happened to me and the people who I love in sobriety. And I've watched them walk through hell sober because of this promise. My wife and I abandoned ourselves with enthusiasm to the idea of helping others to a solution of their problems. It was, I underline the word fortunate. For my old business associates remained skeptical for a year and a half during which I found little work. I was not too well at the time and was, I underlined, plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment. So Bill is telling us after he had this beautiful spiritual experience, he goes through a hard time. He's, I underline the word fortunate because it's reminding me, at the time he probably complained for a year and a half he didn't have work, but he's looking back, looking back, he sees, wow, how lucky were we that I was able to work for a year and a half with alcoholics. And he was plagued by self-pity and depression and resentment. This sometimes nearly drove me back to drink. But I underline, I soon found that, I underline, when all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. I wrote on the side, all other measures will fail at times. The book tells me that. It promised, I get excited about this, you can tell, because this is real. No one talks about this. They're saying to me, it's going to get hard. What you're dealing with right now is hard. It's going to get even harder down the road, and you better get strong, you and God. Many times I have gone to my old hospital in despair. On talking to a man there, I would be amazingly lifted up and set on my feet. I underlined, it is a design for living that works in rough going. I circled the words rough going, and I wrote on the side, there will be rough going. We're going to go over a couple of minutes because I just want to finish Bill's story. We commenced to make many fast friends, and I underlined, and a fellowship has grown up among us, of which it is a wonderful thing to feel a part of. I underlined, the joy of living we really have, double underlined and circled, even under pressure and difficulty. And I wrote on the side, there will be pressure and difficulty. This page is amazing because it's telling me the truth. I want to know the truth. Are you going to be comfortable with what you've got, what you've built with your higher power when you can't reach your sponsor and you can't reach anyone else in the middle of the night? Are you going to have what you need? I have seen hundreds of families set their feet in the path that really goes somewhere. Have seen the most impossible domestic situations righted. Feuds and bitterness of all sorts wiped out. I underline the next sentence. I have seen men come out of asylums and resume a vital place in the lives of their families and communities. You are hearing a podcast from a woman who is almost 19 years sober, whose best idea was to lay on the bathroom rug at six days sober and swallow 90 pills and kill herself. This is what the 12 steps have done. It says business and professional men have regained their standing. I underline the next sentence. There is scarcely any form of trouble and misery which has not been overcome among us. In one Western city, they're talking about Cleveland, and they're specifically talking about one of my sponsor's home group, which is Borton, and its environs there are 1,000 of us and our families. We meet frequently so that newcomers may find the fellowship they seek. At these informal gatherings, one may often see from 50 to 200 persons. We are growing in numbers and power. An alcoholic in his cups is an unlovely creature. That's basically an unrecovered alcoholic. Our struggles with them are variously strenuous, comic, and tragic. I underline the next two sentences. One poor chap committed suicide in my home. That's in red. And then I underline again in red. He could not or would not see our way of life. And next to our way of life, I wrote 12 steps. 
There is, however, a vast amount of fun about it all. I suppose some would be shocked at our seeming worldliness and levity. But just underneath there is underlying deadly earnestness. We have a good time. We're awesome. We're funny. We're silly. We joke. But underneath it all, when it comes down to it, this is life and death. Faith, I underline, has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. Most of us feel we need look no further for utopia. We have it with us right here and now. Each day, my friends, simple talk in our kitchen multiplies itself in a widening circle of peace on earth and goodwill to men. Bill W., co-founder of AA, died, I underline, underneath died, I wrote sober, January 24th, 1971. Thank you guys so much. Sorry I went over. Have an awesome day. Have an awesome week.